So I wanted Brenda to share that testimony to encourage you all because we pray and pray and pray for different things, right? For loved ones and friends, family, unsafe people we see, we pass by in the street or whatever. And sometimes it feels like, God, why aren't you answering? God, what's taking you so long? But as you heard her testimony tonight, God does hear our prayers. And he comes through the back door many times with a plan that we would have never thought how God would answer that prayer. So that's an encouragement for you tonight to keep praying for whatever situation you feel is impossible or how's God ever gonna do this. The theme for today is keeping the faith no matter what it looks like. Because again, we know he hears us when we cry out. Again, I refer to the moms. When your children cry out, you attend to them, right? You run to them. How much more our Heavenly Father with his children? He's not going to just leave us there, you know, and just... He hears us. He hears us when we cry out. And this is a testimony of her praying since 2014, or I'm sure even before then. Yeah but being more consistent in prayer all those years for his sister and God just was doing a miracle there. And now there's so many open, open doors because I was sharing with Brenda. I mean, you can at some point invite her to go to the Creation Museum that does different worldviews and the Bible. But also we were talking about the movie, God's Not Dead. You know, that whole setup in that movie was in a college campus, you know, just debating it. So, so many open doors the Lord is putting there before you and in his timing you'll know when to put it out there to her so but praise the Lord Lord we do thank you so much for the testimony of what you're doing and I'm sure there's others and even those listening online that have testimonies of just how they've seen you working during this time as they believe in you for miracles Lord in people's lives or maybe in their children's lives or whatever the situation might be you always prove yourself to be faithful i mean that's just our testimony you are faithful lord and tonight we heard that just how faithful you are to answer prayer and lord as we have our final class tonight on becoming women of faith i pray that you would continue to build into us what we all are going to need in the days ahead lord so that we will stand firm in our faith and not be shaken in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, and this is from the Message Bible that was in the Bible study, says, let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. And I'm telling you, every time I read through the Old Testament, I love the Old Testament. Every time I read through it, I just see God's faithfulness. In every book, I mean, he's just, he's faithful. His people weren't, but he was. You know, there were different ones that we looked at, the heroes of faith, that their faith really shined. You know, I think about Joshua, what we talked about last week, and Moses and Noah and just different ones. But still, they were flawed like we are. 
You know, Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours, but yet he prayed and God heard him and answered his prayer, you know. So that should encourage us. Becoming a woman of faith involves growing in confidence that God is faithful. That confidence that he's faithful. We have to get the focus off of us because all we see is our failures, right? So that, what does that do? It discourages you, right? I mean, it really discourages you. And we could feel like, well, God's tired of me coming with the same thing over and over again, you know, so we kind of pull back. But that's just what the enemy wants. Draw near to God, keep drawing near to God. Failures and all, keep drawing near to God because he is the one that is faithful to wash us and cleanse us. That was one of the things we saw early on in this Bible study. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, not just some of it, all of it. So again, we have to somehow get the focus off of like, we have to stir up this faith, you know, to make something happen. We just believe. I mean, we heard that on Sunday, right? Just believe. Believe what Jesus said. God said it. That settles it. That's it. That's it. And we all continue to be tested in that and will. But that's okay. Because God said what he says in his word, that if we remain faithless, he is faithful. He is faithful. So faith in God's faithfulness is an indispensable shield against the enemy. That has to be like bedrock on our forehead somewhere, you know. And we know it's true because we see in Ephesians 6.15 where we're told, above all, take that shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So we have to be on guard as we're keeping the faith and believing God for miracles. Realize we have an enemy that's going to rise up his ugly head and lie to us. And it's amazing how we don't realize when we listen to his lies, we start accusing God. You're not good. You're holding out on me. I mean, that's, that's why Hebrew says it's an evil heart of unbelief, because that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. The whole situation there was, you can't trust God. You should be your own God. You could be just like God. Don't we see that mindset in the world today? I mean, it keeps growing, growing, growing. So we have to realize we have an enemy that's going to want to come against our faith when we are keeping faith but we have the word of God as a shield and we need to learn how to use it and wield it in every situation. Don't just lay there and take it. We have to fight back with the word of God. We have to fight back and it's a fight. There was a quote in the Bible study of a woman named Ruth Paxson and it's from a book, Life on the Highest Plane. I've never read that. But this is a really good quote. She said, we may fall into unbelief and disappointment 
because we have pinned our faith to a blessing and the blessing is lost or to an experience and the experience vanishes. Think about the special meetings we had and immediately we came back Wednesday after that Monday after the meetings and we were all like, did anything happen for us? <laughs> or we may fall into um, unbelief and disappointment because we've looked to a person and maybe that person has failed us. But true faith rests not upon a blessing, however great, nor upon an experience, however deep, but upon him through whom they came, nor does it rest upon any human exponent of victory, however sincere, but upon the victor. So again, we gotta get the focus on him because reality is, people are going to disappoint us, let us down. Why? Because they have a fallen nature just like we do. And are we always faithful to keep our promises? No. So why do we keep people up here? Because what happens is when they let us down, when the enemy comes and lies, it just shatters us. We've seen people's faith shipwrecked because of that. But if we keep our eyes fixed on him, we're in a good place. We're in a good place. So keeping the faith, how do we do that? How do we keep the faith? And again, this is from the Bible study, and it talked about by adding to our faith. And it, we had shared this at the pre-conference for the couples at Pure Life. Brenda was there. But I kind of picked up the talk again and included it here because we sometimes think it's enough just to, okay, I'm saved. I have faith in what Jesus did on the cross and that's it, I'm good. That's it. I'm good. I'm good now. I know where I'm going. Jesus is coming back for me. I'm good. Right. <laughs> However, what we see, especially in counseling a lot of times, when we're stuck in that mindset, we don't grow. We don't grow. And the reason why we don't grow, we stay kind of stagnant, is because we're not doing what Peter tells us to do here in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 11. Maybe someone can read that portion of scripture there. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, to the knowledge of him who calls us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So what are the seven qualities that Christians are to add to their faith once they come to the Lord? All of these seven qualities we should be growing in and taking into prayer. So sometimes we come in faith, but we just stay there. But we're supposed to give all diligence. The Greek word the definition means a haste and earnestness or earnestly striving after. So we have to be diligent because scripture tells us in that portion there that you read, He's given us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these promises we may be partakers of the divine nature. So he has given us the Holy Spirit to help us to grow in these areas, to have Christ's likeness come forth from our lives in these areas. So it's not enough just to sit and say, okay, this is just gonna happen. We gotta cooperate. Sanctification is a process that we cooperate with the Lord when we're obedient to his word, repent of attitudes that we know are sinful. He's able to work these seven qualities into our lives, but we have to be diligent about it. Another way of saying this is with every ounce of energy that you have. When you look up the Greek word, that's what it means. With every ounce of energy that you have, be diligent to add to your faith these things that we read about in Second Peter. To be intentional, to not be slothful, lazy, or apathetic concerning these things. Again, sanctification is a work of God that we cooperate in with the Holy Spirit he's given us. So when we look at add to your faith, virtue, virtue means moral excellence, goodness, modesty, and purity of heart. If you look up the word in Greek, that's what it means. So we need to look at, okay, am I living this out, especially in my relationships with other people? Am I living that out? And if I'm not, then I need to like bring it before the Lord and repent. A good prayer to pray, again, Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, know my heart, try me. See if there's any wicked way in me. See if there's anything that I'm anxious over. And if there is, lead me in the way of everlasting. And when he starts to point out those things, we just bring that before him and ask him, help me to be a woman of virtue, that I would be living in this, in my heart, towards all people. Mm. Number two, add to virtue knowledge, meaning insight and understanding, a general knowledge of the Christian faith, of things that are lawful and unlawful for Christians to participate in, moral wisdom such as is seen and living right before God and man. So we should be striving for this in our lives as well. 
and to know what is that knowledge, how to live before God and man, we have to be in the Word. Because God's Word instructs us, it corrects us too, trains us in righteousness. So again, we're looking at keeping the faith, but this is a part of keeping the faith, that we're growing in this way. And believing God, even though we may not see these characteristics in our lives, Believe in God, you can do this because you've given me the Holy Spirit to produce this fruit in my life. Can I really keep the faith and believe you to bring it forth in my life even though I keep blowing it over and over again? To knowledge, to add to knowledge, self-control, meaning the virtue of one who masters his desires and passions, especially his sensual appetites. So how am I doing there? Am I growing in that area? If I'm not, then I need to commit it to prayer, but then be obedient when the Holy Spirit is saying, stop it. Stop it. To self-control, we add perseverance or patience, steadfastness, meaning cheerful and hopeful. That's what perseverance means, patience, steadfastness. To be cheerful and hopeful, constant, enduring, patient, continuance in waiting. I'm going to say that again, replay. Patient, continuance in waiting. Steadfastness. In the New Testament, the characteristics of a man or woman who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and sufferings. How are we doing there? Remember Peter saying, add to your faith. It's not enough to just say, I believe, I believe, I believe. Are we adding to our faith these things that we're reading about here? These seven characteristics. To perseverance, godliness, meaning of reverence, respect, piety towards God. Number six, to godliness, brotherly kindness, meaning brotherly love, kindness, love of the brethren, cherishing one another, which is characterized by fellowship. Number seven, to brotherly kindness, agape love, meaning also brotherly love, affection, goodwill, love, benevolence, learning how to unselfishly seek the best for others and to do things for their benefit. So we should be taking these characteristics that we read about and bringing it before the Lord and see, do an evaluation. How am I doing in these areas and where do I need to grow? What are my areas of weakness? Where am I vulnerable? And can I believe God to do this work in me, this work of sanctification, so that the divine nature of Christ can come forth out of my life and I can escape the corruption that is in this world through lust? Because that's what we read in that portion of scripture. God has given us exceedingly great and precious promises that through them we might have the divine nature living his life through us. We're just a tent. We're just this clay pot but the life of God should be producing this fruit in our lives if it's not happening we have to look at why why am I stuck why am I stagnant where am I not cooperate cooperating with the Lord or where am I not believing him because this is a promise 
And we're looking at keeping the faith. So do I really believe he could do this in me? Or do I think I'm too hard for him? That's denying the power of the cross. The resurrection power of the cross that we read about in Romans 8, the Holy Spirit. What he does in our lives. So that's where we have to look at where am I being maybe rebellious in these areas. And I'm not allowing the Lord to have his way. All of these seven graces that we have read about have been compared to a beautiful symphony in our lives. Think about someone that you know. Surely there's one person you know that walks in this. And isn't their life so attractive when you see them? They're the most gracious person. I mean, beauty. I, there's one lady in particular, I remember Millie Dieter, Doug Dieter's wife. I mean, she is the most beautiful, gracious, loving woman I ever met. And she's Italian background from the East Coast. But God has gotten a hold of her. She has dementia now, but God got a hold of her. And that woman, I loved being around her. She was like a spiritual mother to me. I love being around her because she just, all of these characteristics flowed out of her life, flowed out of her. B.C. Catherine says, if we are bringing forth the sevenfold fruit, which issues out of the root of faith that we just read about in Second Peter, we may be sure that our faith is true and it's living. The life of obedience and spiritual diligence tends to deepen continually the consciousness that the divine power referring to the Holy Spirit is with us, giving us all things needful for life and godliness, and so to make our calling and election sure. And that's what God has promised us, that he's given us everything we need for life and for godliness. Do we really believe him? Even though we may not see, can we keep the faith and believe, but you said it, Lord. This is my inheritance now. Not when I die and go to heaven. You promised it now so I can escape the corruption that's in this world through lust. Where's my faith in this? Where is my faith? Well, let's look at another aspect that was brought out in the Bible study. How else do we keep the faith? And this is like, if ever we needed this today, is today. By contending for the faith. Jude was Jesus' half-brother. And in Jude verses 3 and 4, he said, Beloved, while I was very, very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, even back then, who long ago were marked out for condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of our Lord God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts 
and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These essential persons who cause division, not having the spirit. But you, beloved, if Jude was here, he'd say this to us today. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some, on some, have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments defiled by the flesh. So this is another way of keeping the faith now in our generation that we're living in. Jude, the whole book of Jude talks about false teachers, false prophets that were around back then and they are still here today in the 21st century. And this is why you hear here over and over, be in the word, 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 so you can discern what is true and what is false today. Because as Jude said, we have to know how to contend for the faith in this hour we're living in. Why do you believe what you believe? Have you ever thought of that? What is your testimony about that, your faith? Or is it based on someone else's testimony? Well, so-and-so said. How would you contend for the faith? See, at the counseling center, we're constantly contending for the faith because people come in with all different beliefs and ideas. I just, this is very, very sad. Someone had come and um, really believe in the Lord to give her a breakthrough, and I think he's doing it little by little. But the, she had shared how... Um, you know, God's word is so clear about adulterers and fornicators. Very clear. We all know what the word says about that, right? Will not inherit the kingdom of God. We also know what God says about divorce. He hates it. There's a reason why he hates it. You know, because it totally destroys the image of Christ in the church. Now, if you got divorced because you were unequally yoked, unsaved, no condemnation, repentance. But we're contending for the faith at the counseling center, giving scripture. That's how we contend for the faith. God has said. Remember, the enemies always have God really said. God has said, and this is what God has said concerning these different topics. And it was sad because they said, well, I've seen most people in my church are divorced and they're very happy. So how do you contend for the faith when they say that? Happiness isn't the goal, holiness is. That's, that's 
right on the, the, the nail on the head. The, am I saying it right? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I was having a, I was out of it day to day, so <laughs> I don't trust myself. Yeah, but yeah, because that is the focus. I want to be happy. But contending for the faith is God has called us to live holy lives. And Peter addressed it. I mean, if, if you're unequally yoked with an unbeliever, but if he's willing to live with him and submit to him, you can win him, not even with a work. I mean, everything that she would say, I was able to bring scripture, but this is what God's word says. But this is what God's word says. Contending for the faith, this is what God's word says. We need to know how to do that in the day we're living in because there's a lot going on out there, not only in the world, but in the church. So what happens is opinions, man's opinions or experience is being way elevated above the word of God. Dangerous. Dangerous. It can damn a soul to hell. It's dangerous. So you have to be willing, keeping the faith, to contend for the faith, to speak the hard thing, knowing you will be hated for it. That's the culture we live in now. And it's in the church. It's in the church. And you need to be aware of it. Because we're called, if we're truly following Christ, we're being called here to build ourselves up on your most holy faith. How do you do that? By being in the word, being in relationship with Christ. Praying in the spirit. How do you pray in the spirit? Keep yourselves in the love of God. How do we do that? Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. On some have compassion, making a distinction. There's something in this woman's heart that is very sincere. And that's why I have faith and hope that she's going to do the right thing. Because she keeps coming back. She keeps coming back. And every time she comes back, it's an opportunity to keep contending for the faith, keep contending for the faith. And I really believe she's born again. So I'm just trusting the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, do what you do in people's life, convict of sin, judgment and righteousness, and grant repentance. Grant repentance. Only he can do that. But all we can do is just keep bringing truth, keep bringing truth, keep bringing truth. Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments defiled for the flesh. And sometimes the Lord might put someone in front of you or maybe someone in your own family and they're just dangling over the fires of hell and they don't even realize it. And they think everything's cool because they don't know scripture. They don't, they're not rightly dividing the word of God so they interpret it in the way they want it to fit in their lives but they're dangling. But you contend for the faith. No, God hath said. Don't be afraid. God hath said. What if 
people that God put in our lives didn't have that boldness, right? To tell us at some point in our lives, God had said. I think about when Jeff and I were living together, we were engaged, my wedding invitations went out. We didn't think it was a big deal. We're getting married. But the minute the youth kids, because we used to do the youth group, because <laughs> she went to the same church and she knew the pastor. The kids went home and told their parents because we stopped by our department to pick something up. And the kids were like, where do you live? There. Where do you live? There. They went and told their parents. Well, the pastor called us into the office that following Sunday and said, are you guys living together? And he's marrying us in like six weeks. And we're saying, yeah, we're getting married. I mean, we're sending out the invitation. We have the date. You, you're marrying us. We got the... He said, he needs to move out right now. You're sinning. You're sinning. You're fornicating. He was straight with us. That day, Jeff packed the bag and left. Contending for the faith. We were believing a lie. We had deceived ourselves. But he contended for the faith. How many times have people spoken into our lives like that? And we're thankful for it. It woke us up. It's like, what am I thinking? My heart really is deceitful. I can self-deceive myself so easily. Well, we have to contend. So that's how we keep the faith. In keeping the faith, we must believe God is holding us also at all times. That's the third point here. Oswald Chambers said, faith is unutterable trust in God, a trust which never dreams that he will not stand by us. I know we have a hard time believing that at times. I know there's times we can feel so alone. I know it, because I go through that. But we have to remind ourselves, but God, you're with me. You're Emmanuel. Jesus, you said, you will be with me till the end of the age. I have to believe that. I have to keep the faith. And that's a challenge at times. Because the enemy will come and say, you don't have anyone. You're all alone. They're not reaching out to you or whatever. However he comes and speaks his lies. God is with us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even if we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's with us. And I've heard people say that. They felt the Lord the closest when they were really sick with something or on their deathbed. Jesus was there. Jesus was there. When we grasp how committed God is to his people, it becomes easier to hold fast to our hope with confidence. And that, again, that's why I love the Old Testament, because you just see that over and over and over and over again, how he was there for them. But in the New Testament, now these are some promises that you need to hold on to, keeping the faith, and don't doubt 
First Thessalonians 5, 23, 24. Sarah, read that. Why is he going to do it? Because he who calls you is faithful. What about Second Thessalonians three three, Deborah? But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Do you believe that? Keeping the faith—that's—that's that's the theme. The last chapter. Keep in the faith, Lord, you said. Lord, you said. Lord, you said. What about 2 Timothy 2, 11 through 13? Hannah, do you want to read that? That's really encouraging right there. He cannot deny himself. It's who he is. It's his nature. The heroes of faith who built on the foundation of their faith made incredible statements about their confidence in God. Let's just take a look at that. Esther and Esther 4, verse 15 and 16. Sarah, do you want to read that? No? Okay. Do you want to read that, Cindy? Then Esther told him to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Such faith there. Because it was against the law to go into the king unsummoned. And she said, if I perish, I perish. And she saved. God used her to save a whole race, the, the Jewish race. What about Job? Job thirteen fifteen. Heidi? Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Even so, I will defend my own way before him. That's pretty amazing Job said that. I mean, he lost everything. Talk about keeping the faith. I mean, we're looking at keeping the faith here. Again, these heroes that have gone before us. And Job, we know everything Job went through. And he said, even if he slays me, I'll trust him. That took like, he really knew who God was to trust him in the midst of losing every single thing. Psalm 73, 25 and 26. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon the earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Again, such confidence in who God is. Daniel, Daniel 3, 16 through 18, Diane. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the, is, if that is the case, our God, whom we serve, 
is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the God's image that you have set up. May God give us that kind of faith for our generation that we're living in. I read it this morning. You did? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they had confidence. I mean, think about being thrown in a fiery furnace. They had confidence that God will deliver us. Can we say that? Really mean it? But then they said, but if he doesn't, we're, not, we're still not going to bow down to your gods. We need that kind of faith in the days we're coming into. We really do. Samantha, do you want to read Habakkuk 3? Oh, I'm sorry. She doesn't have one. Okay. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk Again, we studied Habakkuk. We did a Bible study back way back when on that. And just, I think it was 2020, we did it then. And just the reality, if, if we have nothing, if we're left with nothing, I mean, that's what he's basically saying. There's no figs, there's no fruit on the vine, no olive seed, no food, there's no flock. Everything's all dried up, yet I'm going to choose to rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like the feet of the deer and make me to walk on my high places. Can we really say that? Keep in the faith. We have all these examples that have gone before us that we can learn from, you know, and, and ask the Lord, Lord, help me to have this kind of walk with you that I know you in such a way that I'm not doubting you, but I'm trusting you to fulfill what you have promised, to fulfill what you have said. So as the bride of Christ in the 21st century, what will your declaration of faith be? Something to think about. What will your declaration of faith be? Well, we've seen in the Bible study that just to sum up everything that we did, and, and maybe that's just one question you could just ponder, but throughout the Bible study, what we saw was faith encompasses good works, prayer, risk-taking, and testing. Our faith is in him, not in faith. Obedience is key to the life of faith. These are just some of the nuggets of truth we got from this Bible study. Faith has nothing to do with feelings. That one I really want to shout out. <laughs> it is important that we are diligent to obey God and exercise our beliefs based on his word and his character. 
It's based on his word and his character. We walk by faith by fixing our eyes on Jesus and not focusing in on the world and all of its enticements because that'll just choke faith out of us, out of our hearts. We walk by faith by cherishing that which is eternal in order not to be distracted by that which is temporal. And we saw that in the heroes of faith, especially Moses, how he walked away from his position in Egypt to suffer with the people of God. We walk by faith by having confidence and insurance on the path paved with God's eternal truth and faithfulness. That's another biggie there. Keeping a firm grip on the promises of God and the reality, the reality that his faithfulness endures to all generations. And we see that in our lifetime. It really is true. So when you're being tested or tried, you can remember your desire to honor God and to stand firm in your faith no matter what. No matter what. So there was a prayer there that she closed out the Bible study with where it says, Oh, Father, may this mustard seed of my faith put down deep roots in order to endure patiently the trials I will encounter. May its trunk be strong and sturdy to deflect Satan's attacks. May this tree of faith flourish in my heart so that there is no room for doubt or fear. May its branches produce fruit that will testify to your faithfulness. And that's what Brenda did earlier. May others who see this tree be encouraged to run their race by faith alone. Lord, strengthen my faith, strengthen our faith, and make it genuine so that it leaves may shine pure gold. May my faith, may our faith, which is precious to you, bring you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.